Hi, you're about to listen to Dirty Laughs Podcast. When life doesn't give you the success you planned, grab a microphone and your three best friends and put on a show anyway. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Come on, girls. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. And many more. Not for you two. You got the plague, both of you. I think this is the end. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you, girls. Also, it is really difficult to sing over Zoom because yeah. you're on different time. Like the delay. Yeah. So it's yeah. like really hard to so stay was... focused on what you're doing. <laughs> it was the most loveliest rendition of Happy Birthday because it came with so much love. But my gosh, was it ugly. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. <laughs> so, listeners, it is our very own Sam's birthday today. Yay. Thank you. Hello. She's old. Are you in the 27 Club now? I'm not dead. No, but, you know, you might be now. Oh, what? So it's 27 and dead. Is that what happened? <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, that's... Do you not know that? That famous thing? Yeah, that's the thing. There's loads of famous people, mostly like rock stars, and most of them died from drug-related things, and they all died when they were 27. It's like a well-known thing it's called the 27 club my drug right now is pumpkin spice so you know send me down i love that how is everyone you too man you go first you you and me are hit by the plague (laughs) not the covid plague just the regular plague yeah just the regular plague isn't it like i read some article that it's like going around really badly at the moment yeah because everyone's immune systems are just gone and we've Mm. all been wearing masks and it's all it's all gone to shit really so, um, yeah. yeah, me and Ailish are knocking on death's door. Um, How has your birthday weekend been, Sam? Last weekend was very good. And this weekend, unfortunately for me, a lot of people in my life all have birthdays around this time. So I usually spend my birthday not doing anything because other people have already made their plans. So, but yesterday was nice until it got to maybe about eight o'clock. I was just a bit like, right, I'm bored. I want to be out celebrating and everyone's out. Or like a million miles away in Wales. <laughs> no, but it was nice. I had a bit of like a self-care day. I had half a bottle of red wine. Well done. Start as you mean to go on. I don't know, just contempla- contemplated life, I suppose. Okay, well, we have some segment changes, guys. And it's very exciting. Our opening question is going to be much the same, but just with a bit of a new... Joie de vivre. I was going to say, you know, like drive or format, but you know. No, joie de vivre. (laughs) Basically, we want to do a bit more research into how to write a musical and get tips and advice from people. And so we're all going to do our separate research in this. And then each week, someone's going to bring something that's jumped out at them. Um, whether that's a piece of advice or a question to ask ourselves or an exercise or something that links in. So it will still be a similar style. It's just going to be a little bit more focused in with what we're doing and it's going to come from what we're reading. I have a book that I bought quite a few years ago about how to write a musical. It's by a musical composer and writer called Julian Wolford. The musical I know of that he's written is the Railway Children musical. 
Oh, that's really good. I saw that a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, is it? I haven't seen it. Yeah. Um, so this book is called How Musicals Work and How to Write Your Own. So I <clears throat> thought I would read out the opening little like paragraph because I just thought it was quite interesting. And then just ask a question that he suggests is the most important starting point question. He says, musicals are like children. They are conceived out of an act of excitement. The pregnancy is long, frustrating and rewarding. Birth can be very painful. Raising them is an act of collaboration with many people. And if you are very lucky, they will support you in your old age. Um, Writing a musical like a pregnancy will take your care and attention. It will often be demanding. It will fill you with love and it might even put a strain on some of your relationships. It will tie you to the people you created it with forever. But once you've created a musical, it will always be part of your life and you should always be proud of it. Oh, <laughs> I love that, kind of. It freaks me out a bit, but yeah. That is all very accurate. It's weird, but I kind of really like the analogy. <laughs> I know, yeah, it's so super weird analogy, but yeah. Julian Wolford, he also says that one of the most important questions you can ask yourself at the beginning of the process is, why do you want to write a musical? But everyone's got their own why. He suggests that you need to work out what your why is, because that's going to be the thing that helps you to hold on if when you're feeling unsure or you're like tired and there's no right or wrong it can literally be fame and money if that's what you want that's fine yeah absolutely fame and money me up no <laughs> um for me um musical theater or musicals or theater or just performing arts nothing makes me feel like that makes me feel throughout my whole life since i was five years old and i first saw the lion king like Nothing has made me feel as happy as full that any nothing's made me feel like that apart from musicals and theatre and plays and the art of performing arts and everything like that. So I just that's for me why. Fair. Yeah, I think that's great. Because I can. Yes. There's not many things in life I can do, but I can do, write a musical. Like, can I do maths? Absolutely not. Can I spell things correctly? No. Can I write a musical? Absolutely. Would you say there's a part of it that's like to prove that you can? Yeah, I'm all, I'm really petty. I'm all about the revenge. (laughs) I am all about that. Um, Just wave at the uh, little people who said I couldn't do it and um, splash them with my car as I go by. Oh God, oh, it got darker than I expected. (laughs) 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 Harriet! That's the, I'll invite you, there's two reasons you'll be invited to the premiere by me. I really, really deeply care about you and you're going to be front row. Or I'm going to invite you to the premiere and put you in the splash zone. Wow. So anyone who gets an invite from Harriet is going to be really rethinking their relationship. You just won't know. (laughs) You just won't know. That's amazing. I think for me, theatre was like the only place I ever really felt like at home or a part of something. I feel like being a part of the theatre community has like given me life where nothing else really has. There's like nothing beats that like feeling and the like magic of being in a theatre and watching a show that just grips you and, you know, like brings out the emotion. And I would love to create that for other people. You know, I'd like, I would love to to help like be a part of the new generation of people who get involved in theatre and go and see a show and love it. And, you know, so like being able to be a part of creating that for other people, I just think would like, 
yeah, I feel like that's my my why. Such an incredible achievement, I think, for the those who have written recently anyway, have written their musicals and are getting them off the ground and I just think oh I'm just in awe of them. Yeah, that's our that's our why. And we can remind each other of it. Yeah, we need that. We do. We have a brand new segment. And if you all remember a while back, we had an episode where we all went and researched musicals and then we came back and presented this journey of what happened in them. And we've had requests to bring this back. <gasps> wow! We're turning it into a segment every week. Woo! So we are starting with Wicked. Stop it! Oh my god! A day in the Emerald City. The, the musical of Wicked is basically a retelling of The Wizard of Oz, but it's from the perspective of the two witches, so the Wicked Witch of the West and Glinda the Good Witch, and it is very popular. It's like got its own world when it comes to fans. It's insane. I would also describe Wicked as what I call a gateway musical. So for those who don't really watch musicals or are into musicals, Wicked is a good musical to bring you into this world. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. a gateway musical. It's the second highest grossing Broadway musical of all time behind The Lion King. It surpassed $1 billion a few years ago. So it's had money pumped into it for sure, but it is also raked it in. It's based on a novel by Gregory Maguire. The novel came out in 1995 and he lived in the UK at a time when a very, very famous and quite horrific crime was committed by children. The whole nation was very impacted by this and it caused a lot of conversations about the idea of whether people can be born evil. So he was really gripped by this whole topic of conversation and he decided to write a story that would explore that whole kind of concept. And in fact, there is a direct quote from the musical Wicked, which says, are people born wicked or do they have wickedness thrust upon them? Stephen Schwartz then read this novel. He is a famous composer of musicals. He wrote musicals such as Godspell, Pippin, Children of Eden, The Prince of Egypt, and has worked with Disney on lyrics and things like that. So very established already. In 1998, so three years after the book came out, he begged them to let him be a part of it. And he persuaded them because he pitched this idea to the author that the opening song would be called No One Mourns the Wicked. And that immediately won over the author because that was the exact thing that he wanted and no one else was pitching it to him that way. They started creating Wicked. They did it through a series of workshops. They made quite a lot of changes. The book itself is very gritty, very dark. It's also solely from the perspective of the Wicked Witch of the West, whereas they turned it into a story about friendship and made it like an equal kind of lead to lead character situation between the two witches. They worked on it for a couple of years and then they did some performances in San Francisco and they got some quite bad reviews. They basically took three months out of the entire pr process to rewrite everything. The way that all of the writers and everyone talks about it is that they're so grateful for the negative reviews because the way they view it is that like they can credit the success of the show to having a bad run and being told all these things that were bad and then sorting it out. They did another run in San Francisco to like check everything was sorted. <laughs> and then they opened on Broadway and have been open ever since. And now it's open in London, it's on national tours. It's obviously a huge, huge musical. From the time that 
the book came out and the ideas to turn it into something began. The whole process from then to Broadway was eight years. So that's Wicked. I love that. I'm glad you uh, picked Wicked, actually. I love Wicked. So much so that my cat's called Fiero. <laughs> I didn't actually know any of that stuff. That's really cool. Shall we Shall we talk about our musical now? We've heard how another musical came to be. Yeah. Yeah. Last week we talked about the flashback scene and what happened in that flashback and we wanted to explore a little bit um, what happens after they go, they've done the flashback now, they're in the pub. What happens now? What what kind of conversation do we want to have? Once everything has been unpacked, maybe the scene around her falls away. The clarity is is there. It's left to lie sort of thing. And I feel there's like a silence and... I feel the friends are shocked. Can we make a decision on how many and what their names are? Or if we give them names? Um, just just to give us some context of like, a, for me anyway, visualising what it looks like and how it's going to pan out. My like gut says we don't give them names. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't want no. I feel like those only three names, because we've said the rest of them don't have names. I was going to say five's a nice number, including Joe. Oh, maybe it's too much. I don't know. I like the number five. Numbers I have problems with are numbers four and number two. Okay. I like two, but not in a group setting. I like two, but not in a group setting. It's really strange. So it's like, I don't like the double piercing look, but the triple looks too much. Harriet, would you like to put your foot down on the number five? I would. Thank you. Okay. So five. Here we go. I'm going to be honest and say, I, whatever opinions I do have are, are not strong enough to <laughs> debate with you about it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I saw slight fear in both of your eyes. Like We are. We're sat here in a bit of shock. She's never put her foot down before. I'm proud of you, Harriet. Thank you. So five, including Joe. Yeah. How do they know each other? Work. We've got four things, four, four people to fill up, if you will. One could be from work, but... They're still friends of everyone else. Yeah, I was going to say roommate, or are they in like any, um, I don't know, they all do Pilates together or something, I don't know. I'm sorry, we've just gone very middle class. <laughs> I know what you mean though, because I'm just wondering if it might be nice to pick something that's entirely neutral, where they but they all know each other from it. Can they be uni friends? Yeah, it could be uni friends. Yeah, no one has met this imaginary p- partner. Yeah, because if you go to uni, you can just be like, oh, they're an ex and you don't need to go into detail about what happened with it. Everyone can literally come from all walks of life as well when you have uni friends. Um, so it would be nice just to have a few different characters. Yeah. I like the idea of there some being some kind of silence, maybe. You know, like the flashback happens, cut back to them, and maybe there is silence for a little bit. This is where good news for everyone who's listening at home is that we're this week uh, we're starting to write. So as of next week, we're going to be presenting our work, and um, I think that's really exciting, maybe scary, Petrified. because also I was thinking about this. Most writers do their work in a room where no one sees it, and we're going to be doing it where everyone can listen to us. <laughs> Should we give ourselves a project to do this week? So we've said we're going to write stuff. Should we all try and write this scene? We'll next week read them all out to each other and we can merge ideas 
and then see how this scene can take place. Yes. I think I like that, yeah. If we set ourselves some ground rules, right, we've got five friends, including Joe. None of them have names. They know each other from from uni. The scene itself is a cutback from the flashback. So we're going to start with silence and a bit of shock. Not really knowing what people are going to say. We've said that Joe's feeling vulnerable. That's their feeling. One of them maybe is just unbothered by the whole thing and she's like, yeah, whatever. One of them is quite sad for Joe, the empath, shall we say. And then one of them is really, really happy with this revelation that now everything makes sense. I just want to check because maybe this is what I'm thinking. Because I would, I think it would be good if one of them was like, of course, like someone who, you know, like someone who... has always thought a bit deeper about it and it's always been like there's something that they're not dealing with would that be the person that you're saying is happy for them yeah happy with the revelation not so much happy for them but happy with the revelation that's that's come out like i knew it yeah Yeah. like i knew it then the other friends can be what we choose in that moment there so there's one more so that'll be interesting. Yeah, that'll be interesting because we may all pick different things. I mean, for all we know, we'll do it and we'll scrap the three we've written and we'll take the three different people we all create. Yeah, that sounds like something we would do. <laughs> well, that's that's the whole, yeah, that's the point, isn't it? And then is that where we're leaving it with the definites and then from there it's... They're your ground rules. Yeah, should we give it a bit of a vague time, like say um, you want it to be about like three minutes or something? yeah. And obviously in terms of like, I don't think this is a thing anyone's going to be caring about right now, but no one needs to stress about like the format of what it, you know, like you just write it in whatever format you need it to be in. No. Don't stress about like it looking like a script or, you know, like as long as it makes sense and is easy to follow, I don't, I think that's all that matters. Yeah. Yes. So come back next week to hear Yeah, what come back next done. week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> As always, get in touch with us with your musical ideas. You can email us, podcast at dirtylaughs.co.uk. You can follow us on Instagram at dirtylaughspodcast and on TikTok as well, I believe. Speaking of people getting in touch with us. Come and join Sam's social network. She's here for you. Okay, we got... Jono from Northampton. Hello, Jono. Hello, hello, Jono. Love that you've called yourself a Dirty Last Podcast because it has nothing to do with writing musicals. <laughs> <laughs> but you've all got the best laughs in the world. So that's how we thank do. you, Jono. Thank you. Jono's doing well so far. He can stay. <laughs> he says, if you were stuck on a desert island with one character from your from a musical, what character would it be? Who would get me off that desert island? That's what I'm thinking. I thought you were just going to say, who would get me off? (laughs) (laughs) That one, you got a multitude of answers. I'm thinking, who's a practical musical theatre character? I might bring it back to the whole Wicked thing and just say when Elphaba was good and she was just working on her little broom skills, she could just, you know, fly us off of that desert island. (laughs) So I'll stick with that one. I'll have Elfie. Well, it depends, doesn't it? It's like... Do you choose someone that will help you get off the island? Or do you choose someone that you wouldn't mind spending that time with? Like, the reason I say this is because I've just spotted my mug in front of me. Which is a Mary Poppins mug. And I'm like, 
I think Mary Poppins would be able to sort us out and get us off the island. Oh, yeah, that's a shout, yeah. But would I want to be stuck on a desert island with Mary Poppins? Honestly, no. Like, in terms of, like, the social side of it. No, I'd want to slap her around the face. (laughs) Spitz pop! Yeah, she'd really annoy me. So it depends on which version of that, you know? Well, if we're talking about having a good time, just anyone from Choir of Man. Um... Bring oh, that pub. No. If we're if we're talking about how to practically get us off the island, yeah, probably Mary Poppins. I feel like we're missing someone, but I can't think of who. Yeah, I'm like I can't remember musicals. <laughs> All yeah. of a sudden, a I have like no, <laughs> I have no like idea of any character. Well, the Phantom's got its little boat, so the Phantom could uh, boat you away. But I'm not sure I'd want to be. Are you being real? He's not going to get you off the island. He's going to send you in a boat to some kind of dungeon where he's going to imprison you and marry you. He'll just imprison you forever, yeah. I I would kill myself if I got stuck on a desert island with the Phantom. (laughs) Um. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a castaway in the musical? Tent, probably somewhere. I mean, it might be out there. That character. I would have a laugh. Um, I've got... I've got one is, well, two technically, Timon and Pumbaa. Yes. From The Lion King. (laughs) (laughs) I would be fine to be stuck with them. Yeah. Have a nice time and they teach you how to live. <laughs> I think Captain Hook, because Peter Pan's too much of a goody two-shoes and also he's a child, so no. However, Captain Hook has a boat and I feel he would have good banter. And he, and he might get you off. <laughs> <laughs> Only if he's from Once Upon a Time. I, think I was going to say, Harriet, Harriet just loves a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> She's just... Uh... <gasps> no, I've got one, I've got a better one. Sorry, 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 I've got a better one. Aladdin! He's got the carpet. Oh, no, I've got a better one. Sorry, the genie. Oh, Harriet, man. <laughs> <laughs> the genie. You can wish yourself yeah. off the island. Job done. Genie. Yeah, genie sure. from Aladdin. Done. Genie's a good one. Genie. Oh, genie. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. Genie. I'm... Sorry, Elfie. I'm... You're not you, Genie. Um, well, that's a good question. Tarjano. Let us know if you guys have better suggestions. We, I feel like we've forgotten all musicals that exist. We, um, we definitely so... did. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, please send us your suggestions. Let us know who would actually be the correct person. I'm just still sticking with Timon and Puma. They wouldn't get you anywhere off the island. Yeah, you'd have a good time, though. Next week, I'll probably be like, guys, no, I've sat down and I've written down every character that's ever existed and I've done pros and cons and (laughs) I've done a competition and here was the winner. And then we'll say, (laughs) how much have you slept Dalish this week? She'll be like, two hours. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to get in touch and ask us a question, you can email us podcast at dirtylaughs.co.uk or you can get in touch on Instagram, slide into the DMs at dirtylaughspodcast. We are also on TikTok with the same name. Woohoo! I'm actually a pro at that now. I was going to say that was very smooth. Well done. All right. Harriet's head scratcher. Scratch your head now. This week's head scratcher is sent in by a listener, Steve. Hello, Steve. Hi, Steve. Go on, Steve. Which teaches you more about childhood, having a child or being one? Oh. Now, I haven't got a child, so I'm unsure about this one. But I thought it was a nice one. Um, oh, it's a very good question. I think in previous years, having a child would have taught you more about children. However, 
as the world has developed and as we've got technology, and I'm just sort of thinking about our sort of generation experience, we were the first, call it a social media generation. Our parents did not have a clue what we were doing on the computer. We could have been like, oh, we're on MySpace and like in one of them like slide roulette chat show things. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Going on chat rooms and stuff. Yeah. And our parents had no idea what's going on. However, as we are now in the parents' generation, I don't think the kids are able to bullshit to us because we actually understand what they are doing. Um, I'm going to just jump in on that and say... I don't actually think that's true. I think that every child thinks that they're pulling the wool over their parents' eyes. And I think that every parent actually knows what their kids are getting up to. Because our parents also did things. They might not have been on social media, but they were kids and they were like, you know, telling their parents one things and doing other things. So I feel like you learn about childhood by growing up and thinking back on your childhood. I don't know if that makes sense. It's like neither of those two options that we were given. But it's like, I think that when you're a child you don't know shit like you don't know what's going on you think you do but you don't um (laughs) but then you grow up and you look back on it and you see other kids not necessarily you don't even necessarily have to be raising your kids because I think that's different isn't it when you're raising kids you obviously I'm sure that you learn a lot about childhood but like you're there's a whole different side to it because you're responsible for them you are emotionally involved you're tired (laughs) (laughs) you just like want them to behave like it's it's very different and i think that like you learn by looking back at things and going oh hold on a minute i thought i knew everything then or i you know i thought the world was against me and i and then you just realize like everyone goes through that stuff and i don't know it's like unpacking it as you get older isn't it that teaches you really about what childhood is i was gonna say like i think i understand more about my childhood by going back on it now than i did when i was actually a kid and looking back on it now i 100 percent think that i thought as a child like oh my parents love me they adore me i couldn't do any wrong and looking back now, my parents definitely thought I was the most annoying little kid in the world. Because <laughs> mum right now, I reckon she thinks I'm well annoying. <laughs> so, but yeah, the, the walls, you think that maybe you've covered the wool over their eyes, but you've got the wool over your eyes, you know? Yeah, yeah, that I think that's true. I, d- I, I still think it's a 50-50 shot. I think, I don't know. Yeah, maybe what we need is someone who's got kids to tell us what they think. But then I also think we every no matter what situation in life you're in, you think you know best, don't you? Mm. Right? And then it's it's only when you're in a new phase that you realise you didn't know best. Mm. So we probably think we know best. People who have kids probably think they know best. Kids themselves probably think that they're the ones that know best. <laughs> I mean, I'm un, I'm under no false pretense. I know nothing, and I will continue to know nothing until I'm old and grey. <laughs> I'm going to be bold and say, I think I know bits. Oh, bullshit. I think I do. <laughs> I think I get I think I think get a bit more. Not all of it, but bits. That was so weirdly cryptic. I'm honestly not 100% sure. <laughs> I know not all bits, but I know bits. <laughs> this is the first head scratch that we've had that I haven't wanted to, like, pull my hair out to. So thank you. Well done, Steve. It was just an interesting discussion topic, wasn't it? Anyways... Thank you, everybody at home, for listening to us. Um, Come back next week where we will have even more to do. We will have new writing. We will be working on it. It will be very exciting. Um, And we will hopefully have new jingles as well.
birthday to me. Happy birthday, Happy birthday everyone. Happy birthday, Sam. <laughs> no. <laughs>